0: Welcome back to the podcast, episode 13, 14, somewhere along those lines. So starting off with some updates from my life, as we do here now. School is starting soon. I think we're returning in about three weeks. We don't really know what's happening. I think we're going to do hybrid, like a mix of online and offline or in person. I didn't have much luck with the online learning thing. I didn't really retain any information. So, hopefully I will be able to keep a better schedule for myself this time around, and we shall see how that goes. Um, in other news, dance shows. I talked about on my last podcast episode that we were going to be doing dance shows at my dance studio outside, and those are currently going on right now. It's a bit chaotic, going to be honest and it's a bit all over the place, but it's happening, and for the most part, it is very socially distanced. Masks are still required. Today, we did have a bit of an issue though because two of the girls who were in the dance were late, and so they had to push our dance back. It's not really a show anymore where there's like a storyline or different scenes. It's more of a showcase where people just go up and do their dances and stuff. So that is currently happening. I have one more show on friday and then it's all finished and today is wednesday that i'm recording this podcast and also something just strange that i just wanted to talk about there is a show on amazon prime video called just add magic and it's about three girls best friends who have a magical cookbook and this show is not intended for my age group i am a 15 and this show is for like younger kids but I watched it when I was around that age group like 11 and I've been re-watching it over just like the past two three weeks and there's something about rewatching a TV show where you already know what's going to happen that's very calming and like very soothing to me. So I've been watching it with my sister. There are four seasons of the original show, and then there's one spin off, like little season with other actors and stuff. But the originals is so good. I feel like it is such a genius idea. The Magic Cookbook and cooking recipes and all this crazy stuff because when you add magic to a storyline you can really do whatever you want and just pass it off with well it's magic so it works so yeah I've just been watching that a lot and it's very nostalgic and soothing and comforting all right so now on to the podcast so although the media and press coverage and social media presence is fading the Black Lives Matter movement is still happening it's a movement not a moment So with that, I wanted to talk about the Black influence on fashion, the trends and styles that originated in Black culture that have made their way into malls, onto runways, and to the rest of the world. I thought that this would be a good topic to address because it's important to realize the cultural impact of the Black community on the United States and the world because we've all taken a part of embracing it in different ways, just by these influences and trends being in our lives. If you guys like this episode, I'm thinking about doing this format with other people of color communities like the Asian influence on fashion or the indigenous influence on fashion, so let me know if you guys are interested in that. Um, I think it would be a cool topic to research. It's not exactly connected to sustainability or the environment, but hey, it's my podcast. I get to decide what goes up. And I got this idea from an Instagram post I saw the other day about fashion trends influenced by black culture. Unfortunately, I didn't save the post so I can't find it, but if I do, I'll link it in the podcast description so credit goes to some lovely person on Instagram who I don't know the name of. Alright, let's get started. And while we go through each trend, I'm going to keep a tally of which ones I've participated in, owned before, or where I've seen them. And spoiler alert, its pretty much all of them, but yeah. So the first trend is Logomania. Clothing with brand logos have become very popular over the years. One example that comes to mind currently is the Dior high top sneakers. They sort of resemble Converse and the whole shoe is covered in a repeating blue and white Dior logo. There are lots and lots of more examples. Another good example might be the Louis Vuitton handbags that are just covered in the, um, in Sigma, I think, or just the branding. If you love these logos or perhaps own something yourself that is covered in logos, then you have to think Dapper Dan, the creator or Kickstarter of Logomania. Dapper Dan is a designer from Harlem whose presence became well-known in the 80s for dressing hip hop artists in clothing with knockoff designer logos on them. So what he would do is kind of essentially rework clothing and incorporate these brand logos onto them and create kind of new and interesting pieces of clothing, which the artist would then wear and to the public. He is also credited for the introduction of high fashion into the world of hip hop and rap, which we see a lot today. Um, I think a big staple of hip hop and rap culture is lots of logos and designer brands. So that really originated with Dapper Dan and the work that he created. And something that's great is, although in the 90s he was forced to close his store because of copyright issues, in 2018 he partnered with Gucci to release a clothing line. I've definitely seen many name brands, just simple shirts with logos on them, and not necessarily just with high fashion. I've seen stores and malls like Abercrombie or Hollister putting their logos on tons of different clothing items. So this definitely has an impact on all clothing brands. I think to me, it's about creating a sense of originality and flair where that clothing company only has that brand, no one else has that brand logo. So that's why it's so personal and they're unique, I guess, and original. The second trend is hoop earrings. This is a quote that I got from one of the sources that I'll link below. In the 1960s and 1970s, the hoop earring became associated with African beauty. When Nina Simone and Angela Davis started wearing the hoops, Andre Leone Talley told the New York Times. Just for background, Angela Davis is a political activist who was prominent in the second wave feminist movement, the Black Panther Party, and the campaign against the Vietnam War. Nina Simone was a singer-songwriter and civil rights activist. Hoop earrings, small or large, are now fashion essential to many. They come in so many different sizes and from so many different brands, and there are so many different variations on the hoop style. I own a pair of hoop earrings myself. They're actually fake earrings from when I didn't have my ears pierced, but they're just like tiny little gold hoop earrings, and they're actually from Claire's, but I love them so much. And tons of people I see walk around with hoop earrings, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it's kind of like a huggy style, or it's like interlocking hoops. There are just so many different variations of it now, and that was really influenced by black culture. The third trend is oversized clothing, think backy jeans and oversized t-shirts. Like Logomania, the style gained popularity during the 80s hip hop era. And you'll see that many of these trends gained popularity during that time. The reason the clothing was oversized was usually because it was a hand-me-down from family members. The hip hop artists would perform in the oversized clothing to try and resonate with their audience who wore oversized clothing because of that. Eventually, the trend became more mainstream and is now worn by tons of people. I have lots of oversized clothing, mostly oversized t-shirts, and more recently actually, since I've been thrifting more, some oversized jeans. With the revival of year 2000 styles, where one signature component is baggy jeans, I'm seeing more and more people wearing oversized styles of clothing. The fourth trend is sneaker culture. Not just the hype around limited edition or expensive sneakers, but also the acceptance of sneakers as a shoe. Now this was very strange to me because growing up I always wore sneakers. I never really wore anything else. Um, Nowadays I wear like boots but mainly I just wear sneakers in my day-to-day life. So it's strange to me that sneakers were once like not accepted as normal shoes that people wear. Nowadays everyone wears sneakers and this was due to the gained popularity during the 80s hip-hop era when influential rappers like Wren DMC and Grandmaster Flash made sneakers a wardrobe essential. Another big component of sneaker culture are Air Jordans, which were designed in partnership with Michael Jordan and Nike. There has definitely been a large fashion hub of sorts around Air Jordans, and especially more recently I've been seeing lots of influencers and fashion people wearing Air Jordan ones. As I mentioned, I love sneakers. They're the best shoes and I've definitely seen and participated in sneaker culture. I actually recently bought a pair of plaid Nike Air Force Ones from Depop. Also, I got sneakers for my birthday. So (laughs) I'm definitely a sneaker girl. I think if you wanna be comfortable, there's no better shoe to wear than a pair of sneakers. The fifth trend is bucket hats. Um, The hats with a structured cylinder top and a small kind of straight perpendicular brim. A little history on the origins of the bucket hat. It was invented as a way to protect fishermen's necks from rain. And by the 1940s, the hat had been adopted and used by war troops, interestingly enough. The hat became popular during the 80s. LL Cool J made the style iconic and has been in trend ever since. I think the popularity of bucket hats have fluctuated a bit but not in a sense like very popular to not popular at all. I think it's more like between high and medium popularity. It's always been more in the high range. And I think there has been recently a bucket hat revival in the last few years, mostly among teens. And I have a bucket hat as well. I really like bucket hat styles. And actually I've been thinking about making bucket hats from thrifted fabric and then selling them on my Instagram shop. I talk about this way too much but i have like a little instagram reselling store um at for good clothing if you want to follow but the only thing is i think i broke my sewing machine i haven't taken it to Joanne's yet but i'm hoping they can fix it it's just this like really small part and i don't even know if it's necessarily broken it just keeps falling out of place so yeah Also, I ran out of white thread, so I need to go to Joanne's sometime soon, but I'm thinking about making bucket hats because they seem pretty user-friendly to make, Um, but knowing me, I'll probably mess it all up. Number six on the trends are scripted necklaces. Necklaces with names, usually in cursive or a fancy font. Scripted necklaces have been a big part of Black and Latinx culture for a couple different reasons. For one, it was a proud display of their quote-unquote hard-to-pronounce slash unique names. Now, that is only because white people have four names in total that they use. John, Brad, Emma, and Olivia. I know a lot of people who have kind of struggled with their names. Um, My parents gave me a, like, white name. I'm Asian, um, Chinese, if you didn't know. But I know some people who had like I guess Chinese names who switched over to like a white name just because like teachers would always mess it up Um, other kids would always make fun of it so yeah your name is very personal and it's a very touchy subject so that was like a proud display of their names like I'm here I'm here maybe my name is different from yours but it's still my name and I'm proud of it which I really like I think it's a good message And it also served as a rite of passage that indicated they were able to own real gold or like the necklaces were made out of real gold because of their responsibility. I don't own a scripted necklace, but I often see people wearing them. I think they are great gifts to give because like I said, names are super personal and it's a beautiful piece of jewelry, which I'm sure everyone appreciates. Unless you're like me and you never wake up with time to put jewelry on, I wake up at 7 and I have to leave at 7.30 for school, so there's not much time in there for putting on necklaces, especially with my clumsy hands. Alright, and the final trend, number 7, is glasses as a statement. For some, glasses are necessary to see, but it is also an accessory. Like many trends on this list, the look became trendy in the 80s, when Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC wore a pair of casual glasses. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced Cazal or like Cazal, but I'm gonna say Cazal. sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. For those of you wondering, the Casal glasses are like their iconic style, they're a bit oversized, they're brown, and they have like a gold trim. While I don't personally wear glasses, statement or otherwise, I do have bad eyesight though but I wear contacts, I still love the look of interestingly shaped glasses whether that be like the tiny glasses that were kind of trending recently, really oversized ones, and especially rounded Harry Potter-esque glasses. I love rounded glasses probably because of Harry Potter only. Um, sorry if you heard that, my mom is making dinner. But yeah, I see many people wearing glasses for an accessory purposes. And I think it's fine, although there are some people who are like, No, don't wear glasses if you can't actually see without them. It's not a trend. It's a need. And yeah, I hear that. But like, I don't think wearing glasses as an accessory is hurting anyone. Um, I, as a contact wearer, don't really care when people wear glasses as an accessory. It's a personal fashion choice. Really, I don't think that it's that like... I guess deep or that much of an issue, but everyone's allowed to have their own opinion, but that's just mine. So if you like to wear glasses for fun, keep doing it, you have my blessing. All right, there are many other notable trends and styles influenced by black culture, but this is where my list ends. All sources will be linked below in case you want to learn more. I did exclude some trends that I noticed just because I felt like this list might be a little long, Um, Turns out that this episode is kind of short actually so I might as well just say them. From the Harlem Renaissance they had these kind of big oversized suits um, and those are still influencing suits and fashion today. As well as lettuce hem edge like the little like kind of curled rippled hem at the end of shirts usually. That is also another trend so yeah those are some other ones that I found. I hope this was kind of helpful and informational or at the very least, entertaining. Next episode, I'm going to be talking about sustainability within school because school is starting soon. That episode is all about how to be sustainable at school and how schools are trying to address the environmental calamity that we are all facing. You can follow me on Instagram at mirrorimagepod and email me at mirrorimagepod at gmail.com. If you would like to leave a voice message about anything, it can be a review, it can just be to say hi, it can be an idea you have maybe, there is a link in the podcast description at the very bottom to leave a voice message. That is all I have to say. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a wonderful day or rest of your day and I will see you guys soon. Bye!